Even with the best hiring and coaching, good organizations and leaders need to be ready to fire someone who isn't working out. Letting poor performers linger doesn't help anyone. But firing people isn't an activity to be taken lightly. It's full of emotions and lasting consequences. It's one of those things you want to handle with care as a leader. In today's episode, we discuss. Welcome to the Indigo Podcast, an exploration of human flourishing at work and beyond. I'm Ben Barron of Indigo Anchor and Cleveland State University. And I'm Chris Everett of Indigo Anchor. For more information, please visit us at www.indigopodcast.com. Yeah, we discussed not going to work here anymore. (laughs) Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I was supposed to take this seriously, right? (laughs) You know, when we were thinking about the title for this episode, we just went to that that Office Space uh, scene. Remember in Office Space, the movie? If you haven't seen Office Space, go see it. Um, Unless you work in a cubicle farm. Listen, that was one of my favorite movies. Yeah. But there I worked at actually Dell Computers in a call center for a while. And I had to forbid myself from watching that movie because it was it was it so depressing. Little, it yeah, was like it too, too close, close to home. home. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. So, but there's a so there's a guy named Samir and Samir Nainanaja. That is how his name is pronounced. And he's like, "What's so hard about it?" And, you know, making fun of that. Anyway, there's some consultants who uh, are looking at these different portfolios and packets about different employees, deciding who they're going to fire. And they come across in the, his and they say, "Samir Nainanaja, not going to work here anymore." So that is what we're talking about today. And we're going to talk about managing the termination process. It is a serious issue, and it's a really important one for us to discuss. We're going to talk about minimizing the risk for you and the organization during that process. And then we're going to talk about navigating an actual firing conversation for both the sacker and the person who is being sacked. And it's going to be interesting because I'm actually going to um, fire Chris on during the, at the end of the podcast. Yeah, but you know what I like about that uh, scene in Office Space is it just paints how dehumanizing yeah. the whole firing. Not, not, not only are they making fun of his name, probably the fact that he's not some, you know, American, you yeah. know, John Smith type guy. And then on top of all that, they're just flippantly not going to work. I mean, it paints kind of that landscape and environment that we find uh, that's find right. ourselves in right yeah and if you want so if you want to see a movie that actually delves i think and touches on the real emotions and some of the dynamics that do occur in the you know the layoff or the firing process um up in the air is an interesting movie because they it's where basically they have it's george clooney and um you know they they go into companies and help them do the outplacement or the uh the firing of people and um there's some of that touched on but you're right you know it's it, it can be oftentimes seen as this really cold thing. And some organizations handle it that way. I've heard horror stories from people, from my MBA students and from others about what organizations do. And it's terrible. Yeah. The, you can often feel the impending doom too. And we have in prior episodes about performance and, you know, how to talk about performance issues and, Mm -hmm. and hiring and ranking, you know, all this stuff about employees. And sometimes they're like, man, I feel it's coming. I'm going to get sacked because I'm just on the wrong side with this manager. Then what starts to happen? Other employees start to do the distance thing and you're out on a plank. Yeah. You know, and uh, yucky feelings. Right. So let's start talking about this, just kind of this overall topic of managing the termination process, managing dismissals. And I think the first thing, you know, the best way to, in terms of the best way to handle this is, you, you know, 
if at all possible, avoid getting to this point in the first place. And there are a handful of things you can do here, but one is good hiring, right? Really take your time to make sure you have the right person and have a good selection process. Do some of the things that we've talked about in this podcast previously to make sure or increase the probability of getting someone good. Um, that's the first thing that you should do to try to avoid this. Yeah. So for you managers out there that like avoid having difficult conversations with anybody, the best way to feed into your laziness, so to speak, <laughs> is to just get hiring right. But the other piece that allows you to move forward with these difficult conversations when you have to is treating with humanity the person on the other side of that conversation. Right. Very few people wake up and say, you know what? I just want to be a tool sack today. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not you know, that today. No, it's Thursday. Maximum numbskullery. This is not <laughs> what happens. Right. And people miss things for a variety of reasons. Not being set up for success. Maybe they it was a stretch role for them. You know, maybe you screwed up hiring and didn't do that right. You know, you got to treat with humanity the person on the other side and the emotional process that goes not only in your life as somebody, maybe a manager that has to let somebody go or yourself being the person that's fired. And, you know, I like the phrase collaborative alliance. It's you're not cutting this person off like, you know, what was that movie? 300. This is Sparta. And you're kicking them down into a giant pit, mm -hmm. right? This isn't everybody turning your back on somebody in some kind of social shame solidarity. This is saying, hey, this relationship, this working relationship isn't working out for whatever the reasons, but what can we do to help you move on, us move on, everything to respect the humanity of everybody that's involved here? Right. And if you think of employee discipline or any kind of progressive discipline process you may have in an organization, you know, termination, whether or not you actually think of that as discipline or not, is at the far end of that continuum, right? It's, it's the most extreme form of, of taking action against somebody, but you have to do this in a way that's fair. You want to be ethical. You want to be legal. Uh, it needs to be something that's warranted and you have to be just as you were just saying, you know, ensure humane treatment throughout the process. Yeah. And it, just think about all the gun violence in the workplace that's been mm. you know, cropping up everywhere. Definitely don't want to kick off some of that kind of stuff. And I don't right. say that to be capricious, but, you know, not everybody's been affected financially by this pandemic or even during the last economic fallout with the housing crisis and all that kind of stuff everybody's at a different place, different point in their life, different psychological state. Just, you know, handle that with a lot of care. That's really great. So one thing I'd like to discuss briefly is this idea of employment at will. And, you know, for our international listeners, um, this may or may not be a, a familiar concept to you. But in the United States, there's this prevailing rule that we have. We call it employment at will. That says that if you don't have an employment contract, then either the employer or the employee can terminate um, at will the employment relationship. Now, in the United States, the state of Montana happens to be an exception. They actually say that you have to have cause for firing someone. Um, but that's a general idea. And, you know, there's there, there are things that you want to do throughout the hiring process and so forth to try to preserve that idea of employment at will. 
Now here's the catch though, right? Like your reason for, for firing someone. Yeah. It can be um, at any reason, but it has to be a legal reason, right? So the employee can resign for any reason at will. Uh, the employer can dismiss for any reason at will, assuming that it's legal. It has to be a legal reason. There are illegal reasons um, that are not covered by this idea of employment at will. Yeah. So you maybe have like a all boys club company and you said, well, let's try hiring a chick. Why not? No. Good yeah. Oh, my gosh. The chicks don't work out around here. They don't get any of our fart jokes. So we're firing them. Yeah. yeah that's not legal, guys. Right. You know, or. We don't like people of color around here. So we fired them all. Nope. That's, you know, right. these are just, I'm using the most deleterious examples, but those are not legal reasons anywhere to fire somebody. And they're morally reprehensible. You should, right. you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself there, buddy. And, and you should refer to women in your workplace as women. That, that's probably the exactly. best thing to do. Um, so there are those legal exceptions to employment at will. You know, in the in the United States, the big law that we always refer to here is Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Uh, we won't get into that in too much detail, but um, keep in mind, there has to be a legal reason still why you're firing someone. Now, if you are working in an environment that has a bargaining unit that is represented by a union, so you have a part of your workforce that's unionized, it's... It's almost guaranteed that the collective bargaining agreement between the organization and that union, that bargaining unit, it's going to have specifics around suspensions, dismissals, all of those types of items. So you want to make sure that you're abiding by all of those rules as well. Um, so, you know, sometimes I come across managers, actually it's fairly frequently, who think that employment at will is just carte blanche. I can fire you whenever for whatever. It's not that simple. Right. And so if you're a new manager, check in on those things, mm -hmm. you know, because that's going to help you shape your team. So right. let's talk about some grounds for dismissal. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first one and the most important one is unsatisfactory performance. Uh, and this, you know, means that you should have some documented poor performance. And that should be the reason why you're getting rid of someone. You may have in place some sort of progressive discipline process whereby maybe someone's given a warning, they're given some counseling, and eventually leads to firing. Uh, but unsatisfactory performance, absolutely one of those reasons. Yeah, misconduct, right? Stealing, you know. It's, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Office supplies, like, what are you doing with like that forty-five pads of legal paper and twenty pens? You know, yeah. I mean, this know, can be a, obviously can be a real problem. Like, so things that are illegal, like breaking the law. Yes, those those are typically grounds for dismissal. Um, and, uh, stealing would be, would be one of them, you know, many retail organizations certainly, um, have, have these issues where they, they deal with, you know, they, they oftentimes call it shrink, right? So their, their inventory kind of it shrinks. Yeah. Right? Or white collar what, crime, what happened, you know, a little right? embezzlement. There. All of those types of things, certainly grounds for dismissal. Maybe the person has just, they, you hired them. Um, you thought they were a great fit for the job, but they really just lack the qualifications. Um, and maybe, maybe they lied on their resume, uh, and that could be a, certainly a problem. Um, now if the person has some skills and knowledge that are super useful for your organization, just not in that role, then maybe you reassign the person somewhere else, right? Um, instead of dismissing them. Um, but that certainly could be a reason why you, you might terminate someone. Yeah. And if people don't do a really good job of thinking about job stuff beforehand, or they're in a fast moving startup or something, the requirements of the job 
may change, mm -hmm. right? Um, or, hey, listen, we were making teddy bears and now we make widgets or something. You know, that job can be eliminated or, you know, those kinds of things. And that's more similar to a layoff situation, right? And uh, But th that certainly can be a reason. But during this entire process, regardless of the grounds that you are using for dismissal, you want to ensure that the entire process has that there is 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 fair that you there's no daylight between you know no, no chinks in your armor of having a fair process along the way and this is important for a variety of reasons we like to be treated fairly as humans it's the right thing to do that's the first reason in addition to that if you actually give people a fair process during their dismissal and you give them full explanations of why and and how termination decisions are being made, they're more likely to, number one, perceive that as being fair. They're also, you know, perhaps going to be more likely to actually endorse the organization later on, um, you know, particularly in a layoff situation. But, you know, it also could de decrease their likelihood to want to take legal action against you and, you know, potentially sue you for wrongful discharge. So um, there's there's good moral and ethical reasons why you want to be fair, and then there's practical reasons. But you know, all of them provide good good uh, evidence for you know why you want to do this in a fair way. Yeah, and managers, watch out for this in group out group dynamic. I see this happen all the time. Yeah, it's going to be great. We all interviewed him. We hired him or her. You know, and this is awesome. And then oh, he doesn't like the same stuff that we like. Then <laughs> we start shunning him a little bit, yeah. and then he starts everything, every little mess up is 10 times blown up versus the in-group people. And then all of a sudden we got to fire them. And if you're in a process or an organization that has like more stringent discipline around firing, they say, hey, I got to fire this guy. He's not working out. Well, why? Uh, he doesn't like sports, you know? Like yeah. you don't have real reasons to fire somebody. And that's what I see some of these firings become really difficult to do because really it wasn't about the person. They weren't set up for success due to social reasons. And it just becomes a total horrible fest of garbage. You're right. I mean, you got to have good management practices in, is in place um, up to that moment, right? I mean, if, if you have a, a faulty foundation, if your firing is built on a house of cards, it's going to come back to bite you. And so and not, nothing's worse than working for a manager that doesn't have a real performance reason to fire you, but mm. you know he doesn't like you and wants to fire you. Yeah. And, and yucky. Yuck. Yuck. So let's talk a little bit about avoiding some of the legal action that might come after a, uh, a dismissal. So avoiding those wrongful discharge lawsuits that you might get um, after you fire someone. And so wrongful discharge has to do with a situation in which, you know, you fire someone and that dismissal didn't comply with the law or some sort of contractual agreement, either one that you formally state or one that's implied via email communications, via your employee handbook, or something like that. So you want to avoid that. And you also, along the way, want to avoid what this thing called constructive discharge, which is kind of like what you were talking about, Chris, where you are making the situation so intolerable that the person pretty much had to quit. You know, going back to Office Space, that, that movie, you know, there's this one character where they, you know, it turns out that he had been let go a long time ago and was still on the payroll. Anyway, they keep on moving his desk, right, from, you know, various in descending order of desirability. So it eventually ends up where he's in the basement or something. And they say, yeah, take a flashlight and a can of, uh, you know, insect uh, spray or whatever down there. 
Um, and, and that's a situation where, you know, you're, you're doing something called constructive discharge. You want to avoid that too, because that's, and that's just, that's, that's not treating bad. somebody like no. a human. No, you know, that's, that's the whole thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you sometimes see this where, and this could be a form of constructive discharge, or it's just, you know, another whole category of just bad management where you'll have a problem employee for various reasons. Maybe it's just personality issues or it's, uh, you know, some other issue where they'll take them and they just isolate this person and they'll say, okay, well, you know, we're going to have, because this person A can't get along with person B, we're going to make, we're going to put person C in the middle. So there's an interface and then you just create more problems and you want to avoid those types of things. But I digress slightly. So uh, some things you want to do to set the groundwork so you don't have, or you have a good case, you mitigate some of the risk of a wrongful discharge lawsuit Number one, have the, the, the groundwork in place. You want to have a good signed application. You want to have a good employee handbook, list the different rules that may require discipline and discharge, you know, get their side of the story via some written um, signed statements. Uh, you want to make sure that you have good uh, performance appraisals, good counseling records for that person. If, you know, if that person has had performance issues, because what that'll do is that'll give you, you know, evidence to say, no, we did not fire this person because of his or her age or race or gender or anything like that, we fire them for a performance reason. And here's the documentation to prove it. Um, you also want to consider, you know, their employees' rights in the process. If they have a contract in place, if they have a collective bargaining agreement and those types of items. Yeah. And if you're an employee, because this isn't all about, hey, play, but how to get managers to fire people. This is also for, for yeah. individuals. So one, if you're an org, make sure your employee handbook's up to date. That will really get your goat if you don't. Right. As an employee. Right. Make sure you've got a signed application. Right. Before you tell your other job and leave for this one, make sure you have a signed offer letter and those kinds of things. Make sure you reviewed the employee manual. If it's really outdated, you might send an email and say, hey, this thing hasn't been updated in a while. Is it still good? You know, these kinds of things can help um, help you out as you're an individual navigating. Um, another thing you want to do is use fair practices and indeed you know what, what's a fair practice ben well some of these basic things about being you know treating people with humanity through the firing process don't embarrass people you know don't treat them unfairly as you're going through this this process this is an emotional um you know roller coaster of of you know it, it can be really really tough for both sides you know sometimes you know, a, a severance package may reduce some of that sting that people feel when they get dismissed. And it's interesting because actually, you know, sorry, we're a horrible organization. Here's $20,000. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. So, so these are certainly severance packages are certainly more common in a downsizing where it's like, Hey, you know, the industry changed. We got to close this plant or laying off these people. That's a different story. It's, it's much more common there. You know, you'll, you'll have, 95% or so of employees who are getting some sort of severance package and a downsizing. But actually, you know, uh, at least in the United States, according to some data we've come across, about a third of employees actually get a, a severance package when they are terminated for performance. Um, and sometimes that can be helpful. From the organization's standpoint, uh, that's helpful because with a severance package comes a waiver of release from liability. So you're saying, hey, you know, 
you're today's your day, last. We're your paying last you not to say garbage about the uh, company. basically not only not only not to say garbage about us, but not to sue us. Um, you know, you are releasing us from liability. Take your your money and some benefits, whatever it is, for a certain amount of time. And these are negotiable things. And uh, and then they can go on their merry way. Uh, so that's that's something to consider as an organization when you're firing someone. So yeah, so when when it comes time to fire somebody, hopefully you have a good. And I hate the term paper trail because it it's almost it's this focus of okay, we're starting to set up to fire this person versus mm. we're really going the distance to set them up for success, provide quality performance counseling so they can change and understand how we see the world. But a lot of orgs don't do that. So you should do that if you're not doing that. Not make a paper trail, but really set people up for success. But when it comes time, you know, it's just not working out and you really have to do something. We have what's called the termination interview. And this is one of the toughest situation in businesses that it absolutely is. And you want to make sure that your managers are handling the termination interview. You know, when you're actually firing someone, you want to make sure that they're handling that well. You know, another a big reason why you want to make sure all of your managers are handling everything well, including any kind of firing conversation, is that, you know, what your supervisors do in your organization is a reflection of the organization. And you can actually be held liable for their actions. That's what we call personal supervisory liability. Um, you know, so you want to make sure that they are also following the policies and procedures. Make sure that managers are not adding to the emotional hardship of the tough decisions, that they're not acting in, in anger, that they're coordinating with, with human resources, right? So all of those types of things are important, especially when it comes to the actual firing of someone. And you know, just personally and emotionally, this is a very hard thing for a lot of people to do um, just because you know that you're you're making somebody's day really, really bad. Um, and you want to think about how how they might react right to to this situation, because it can be a little bit unpredictable. There's a lot of emotions at play when you tell someone that they are being let go. Right. And so in the termination interview, you want to enlist HR's help. Sometimes a representative from HR will be there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's like a good practice, actually. So be prepared for the landmine you're going to go. So one of the things you want to do is to plan carefully, mm -hmm. right? Schedule a time. At, allow at least 10 minutes. Right. Neutral site, right? Well, it was funny on the neutral site pieces. So I had a, uh, a an MBA student, or maybe he's in our master's in HR program. Uh, this this one student who worked in HR and at his organization, he ended up doing a lot of firings. And uh, he would so it was, it was kind of funny because he would always come to class and be like, "Okay, story time from from this student." He would tell like his war stories from that week. And when he would fire people, he started off by doing them in his office, and it became a problem because people would stay there. They wouldn't leave. And then he was stuck. He couldn't do anything, you know, because they, they were like, if they were getting argumentative or being a little bit combative, and then he was stuck in that situation. And I said, no, look, man, you gotta, you gotta move this to the conference room or somewhere else. Um, so then you can just get up and walk out. So there's a very practical reason why a neutral site is important for, for doing this, uh, this conversation. Well, yeah. And if you do it in your office, you can't ever ask anybody to your office without them wondering, oh, no, is it, is it bad? You know, right. 
Don't now do they, bad they, stuff in yeah. your office. They, they they might they might fear going to that conference room if you are always firing people there. But uh, you're right. You want to make sure that your your office is not involved if you can avoid it. You also just want to make sure you have all the stuff in place in terms of agreements or some sort of release announcement if it's someone you know that, that you would require that for. Um, and you know you don't you want to have this be a fairly brief conversation, but you want to have some time available afterwards for questions. You also want to have some phone numbers and some contacts ready, um, you know, security in case th this turns into a potentially violent situation. These things can happen. Um, medical people sometimes get very overwhelmed emotionally, which can cause physiological problems. And, you know, if the person starts having a heart attack, you don't want to be fumbling around with with your next action steps. Right. The thing is, is the reason it needs to be super short, right? is people, you know, having a regular day, maybe they think everything's fine, they don't know, and then all of a sudden, hey, you're fired. They're emotionally flooded mm. at that point. They're not going to be able to have a big in-depth discussion about a whole lot of uh, things. So it's best to just deliver the news, have some information in a packet, let them go digest it. This is why a lot of people do this on a Friday. So, mm. you know, there's not there's definitely not a work day and that kind of thing on Saturday, Sunday. So just be prepared to limit the depth of the conversation that's there. Now, if it's mutual, somebody, you know, sometimes savvy old execs and like, OK, you know, let's just talk about severance. You can do that. But nine times out of 10, that's not an official thing. Mm -hmm. Most of the times that I've seen, it's good to have it short and allow that person to leave the building with their dignity intact. And, you know, go through their emotional processing and for you as a manager to have separate time to go through your emotional processing. That's that's exactly right. And you want to get to the point you, know, you bring this person in to talk to them. Don't don't go into. So how are you doing? Tell me about. You know, yeah, you don't want no. to do the compliment sandwich stuff like, well, John, you look really good today and you're fired. And did I tell you that I really like the way you park your car? It's always in between the lines. I mean, that's just garbage, guys. C have some respect there. Right. Just come to the point. Talk about what, why you're there. Um, describe the situation very briefly. You know, you want to have just three or four sentences. Don't make this personal. This is not the time to, you know, make the per some sort of character attack on the person. Emphasize that the situation is final, right? So you think about it from the person who's being fired, their perspective you're right. The, their emotions are going to go through the roof, usually, at least internally. You might not see this, but their their mind starts going crazy, right? Thinking about all kinds of different things. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe this is happening, especially. What will I tell my spouse or my oh, significant right. other? Right. Where now, will if, I, yeah. if, this is, if this is expected, then maybe not as much of that. But, you know, you're going to have some of that going on. So just be very brief. Talk about what's going on. Pause and and listen to see if they have you know questions or or things that they want to say for a moment. If there is a severance package involved, you want to review that. Have the information or a packet of of what's going on so they can read it and so they can see what's going on. And then you're going to be very specific about say, okay, next step is go here. We're going to get up. We're going to go to your office. I'm going to need your your badge. You're going to you know get your things. We're going to, you know, all those types of items have that all spelled out because you think about it when you're in that emotionally flooded state, it's hard to concentrate on things. And, you know, you need to be told here's exactly what's happening. That's exactly right. And so 
having steps, you know, if it's really emotional, I would have it say like, hey, listen, this is a hard moment. I'm going to send you an email. And in this packet, I'm handling handing you is everything you need to go step by step. Let's schedule a time maybe next week or the week after, and we can walk through it. Don't be scared to have a triage scenario if it's just coming off the rails, right? Yeah. Well, and and you probably want to, if you're going to send them an email, send it to their personal address. Don't send it to their work email address because you're probably, it's generally a good idea to shut down their email and their their access to the system um, right afterwards so that they can, uh, so they don't do anything um, in retaliation. Right. So now let's talk about individuals. We've been talking about the man <laughs> this whole time, right? Yeah. So, right, the organizations need to do a good job. They need to treat people better. You know, generally, I always That's see a fair room, statement. Yes. room for that, <laughs> right? Like, if you think you've arrived, no, you haven't. So always be improving. You improve everything else in your organization. How you handle people is also going to affect your brand out in the marketplace. So now, if you're an individual, right? Forget these guys, jack wagons, right? <laughs> the first thing you want to always have is don't trust these guys, right? Like, I mean, you have a collaborative alliance, you're doing work, your paycheck, maybe you believe in the mission, but things change, things get sideways sometimes. Always keep your files that you legally can, key point here, you know, if you're working in like a top secret computer environment, like Ben, we've got clearances. We can't take USB drives and and just take stuff off the top secret file computer, right? You know, right. we can't do that. So, but if you have files or work samples, let's say you work in a marketing job and you have a bit of a portfolio, you know, keep those things backed up and saved. And, and, and as long as IT and company policy allows. Sure. Another thing is, you know, always keep your resume updated when you have new accomplishments along the way, because, you know, if you are looking for a new job, then you need to proactively manage your career. Uh, I mean, this is just good advice in general. The, the person who probably cares the most about your career is you. And therefore, you need to take responsibility for that. And along the way, keep some documentation about what's, you know, what, what kinds of things you've learned, your skills, your knowledge so that you can be ready in the event that you are being fired. Now, that doesn't mean you need to, you, you should always be, you know, going every day thinking, well, this might be the last one, right? In a good organization, you should have an indication of how well you're doing and some sense of job security, but it is a good idea to keep your, uh, your things updated. And, but Ben, we've been in how many organizations where we're interviewing somebody and they say, yeah, I've, I've been here two years and never had a performance review. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it, it happens. And here's the thing. Some people say, hey, are you looking for another job? The answer is yes, Philson. I'm always looking for another job. Make it worthwhile to be here. <laughs> you know, always you're always open for new opportunity as you learn more skills, get more experience in the marketplace and always keep that. Now, it's hard, especially I remember earlier in my career, I got really emotionally attached. I'm like, I work at some of my first jobs. Look at these professional relationships. This is awesome. Hey, we know that people change. It's just a statistical reality that you change roles often. You should always be prepared for that. And sometimes that change of role isn't something you even wanted in the first place. Right. You got fired because you got some deadbeat boss or something, right? So keep that resume updated and know this. You don't need to decide anything at the firing meeting. Matter of fact, mm. you're probably not in a good emotional spot. So if you come in and sit down and like, hey, we're going to let you go, say, all right, do you have information for me? 
what are next steps? And you may not even be able to, you may see their mouth move, but actually not hear anything that's coming out because you're so flooded at that moment. That's fine. And just say, great. um, Let me take this with me. Who can I contact if I have questions? And just bow out. You know, don't let them take, don't lose your cool, right? Because then they, you know, this is my view. Then they got you, right? Mm. But just, you know, you can have some dignity for yourself and just be like, thank you. I'd like to leave. You can even say, thank you. I'd like to leave now. I'll follow up about next steps. And you can end that conversation right at that moment and leave the building. Right. And, you know, it's always a good idea to, um, or generally, almost always a good idea to not burn bridges. But and even if you're being fired, even if it was for a you know a garbage reason, um, you, you still want your peers to remember you as a good person. So, you know, try do what you can to try to, um, you know, help with that a little bit as you go out. Yeah. So I, I was brought into this. I was at this really, really large project on this thing. You know, I can't disclose what this is um, lest they be listeners. But, you know, hey, come in here. And this boss brought me in to observe the berating and then firing of this person that was really freaking good. And wow. I despise that person to this day. I'm like, you're a bad person. Yikes. Gah! That being said, she handled things. She said, okay, and took her stuff. And it was fine. Like, we're still friends, right? Um, and so if you're in that position, being fired by somebody that doesn't know how to fire somebody, maybe it's a complete dumpster fire. Not all managers listen to our podcast, apparently. Right. You want to be remembered. So here's the thing. It, that, that manager brought me and six other people into that room to observe this torching, or <sighs> is all I could call it. And we're all friends with this person, and none of us like that manager to this day. And, and we're like friends and helped each other with other work and gigs and roles and jobs afterwards. That person, we wouldn't help. I don't know. It'd be right. hard. It'd be hard for me to help if I saw him drowning. I would, but it, I'd think <laughs> about it for a second, right? So, but that you want to be remembered by your peers as a good person who handles things well and with dignity, right? Absolutely. And you know, this is a good, it's a good time to have a friend who knows the law. So, you know, <laughs> along the way, and it, actually, this is just kind of a separate topic, but as, as you go through your career and as you, especially as you become more senior, it's good to have these types of people in your network who who can help you in these types of situations. But, you know, if you have the option of resigning, for example, versus firing or any other details related here, you know, spending a little bit of time with an employment attorney to talk over your options and what's going on is is time and money well spent uh, because they can they can help you navigate what's going on and what you can and cannot do and some of your options. Right. And Google's your friend. If you're not if if you're not in a place where you're making a big old salary that you can afford $100 an hour for an attorney, Google, Sherm, uh, there's a variety of places on the web that you can find some pretty good ways to calibrate yourself, right? That's great. The other thing you already mentioned this, Chris, but you know, keep your cool during this time, right? Again, if you're being fired, don't give them more ammunition for you know, what a terrible person you are. Um, you know, don't say bad things. Don't lose control during the meeting. Try to be calm. It's going to be hard, but try to stay calm. Try to focus on what's going on and, and um, you know, don't, don't lose it. 
Right. Get documentation. You know, if you do have your cool, say, hey, I need documentation for why you are firing me. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is the other thing. You're in this big emotional turmoil. Don't go on LinkedIn or Facebook and all that kind of stuff and say, well, fired today. Because people <laughs> have different per perceptions of that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, except maybe unless you're like, what was that commander of that ship? <laughs> he kind of did that up oh, fired today type thing. Right. And it, the problem is you don't want to be weighed in the court of public opinion or the opinions of your peers that might help you find jobs or tell you about a job opening without them having all the information. Because a, a lot good, of them are going to think, yeah. well, of course you would say it wasn't your fault, you know, and, right. and people are making judgments and they don't even know. Right. This is a good time to play your cards a little bit close. Um, in, in fact, you may want to play them very close. And, um, you know, don't obviously don't go on social media and start berating your your now former employer. You know, if people reach out to you later on, you know, you, it's fine to tell them that, hey, I'm going to be out of contact for a little while. I want to take some time if you have it right. If you are able to do that, take some time and regroup and, you know, regain contact when it makes sense. But um, take it slow. Don't spout off to the world about how everything's terrible at this moment, because that could that could damage your uh, situation, you know, for future prospects. Right. It could damage kind of your brand as a professional uh, if it actually was a wrongful termination, you you know, by putting stuff out there, you can start to make that case harder to make. So so don't do that. Uh, so, you know, this all goes into that category of, you know, preserving your brand along the way. Um, you do want to kind of find out how your termination is going to be communi communicated, um, you know, in terms of if someone calls for an employment reference or anything like that. Right. Because you may think this place is a dumpster fire. I'm already on my third interview somewhere else. And now you're firing me. <laughs> OK, but then you go into like killer mode, right? In the sense of you're being stone cold and you're you're saying, all right, let's talk about you want me to accept this severance. I'm going to we're going to agree on the press release. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, especially more executive yeah. things or or I am I'm going to talk to my returnee and we'll decide if this is a resignation or a firing. Um, you know, what's going to happen with my contacts, you know, are there, is this non-compete enforceable? I mean, there's these kinds of things that you want to negotiate about what will be said about you. Another thing that's a good one is, okay, if somebody calls here for a reference, what will you say? Now they may mm -hmm. say, we think you're the best and you invented sliced bread and all this other kind of stuff, but you need to get that in writing. Because if that person says something else outside your written agreement, like there can be some consequence there, right? Sure. So, you know, do the right thing here and don't don't steal stuff on the way out. Make sure you return all your all the company property, um, regardless how wronged you feel in that moment. Yeah, don't don't you know, as much as you just want to take that really cool gizmo <laughs> off your boss's desk on the way out. Don't do it. No. Um, and just. This is the thing. Just because somebody treats you poorly, just because something gets sideways, all those kinds of things, there's a whole a whole host of relationships that you have there. That person, that boss that fires you may get fired and they may reach out for you to come in and have his job. Hey, mm -hmm. he was a jack wagon. Would you come back? You know, 
And so just say, hey, you know, it's business, right? But get your bestie, your best <laughs> friend, get a couple beers, go sit out somewhere or go to a pub where you have some privacy and just say all the crappy things you want to say about, them. you know, give yourself time to vent and emote and all those things that aren't rational, half rational, get in with some therapy if you need to check in with some of that and then start plugging your way on how to get back on your feet and back in the game. Yeah. And, and never, ever, uh, you know, think that this is the end of everything. Um, there's always hope. There's always a future if you are in the situation of being fired. So today on the podcast, we've talked about the basics of firing. We've talked about it from the employer's perspective, primarily at the beginning, talked about managing the termination process, something you don't want to mess up, how to minimize risk for you and the organization during the process. We talked about how to actually navigate a firing conversation in a humane way. And we provided some advice for people who are actually going through this on the other side of the spectrum. Thanks for listening to the Indigo Podcast. If you like this podcast, please consider helping us by rating us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, telling your friends about us, having us on your podcast, or mentioning us on social media. Our website is www.indigopodcast.com, where you can access more information about us and this episode. Thanks again, and we look forward to talking with you again soon.